Sri Lanka, formerly Silong, remains one of the single most important sources for fine gemstones. Especially notable are blue sapphires, pink sapphire or ruby and yellow sapphire. Laxandrite and catsite chrysoberyl, and albandite hessenite garnets. Spinel, tourmaline, zircon, moonstone and quartz are also relatively common. They share their country of origin with several rare gemstones as well. Most of the gem quality material is found in alluvial deposits throughout the island, which are mined by primitive methods. You are listening to Gem World with Arjuna, a podcast dedicated to the incredible gem and jewelry industry. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast Gem World with Arjuna. So today's episode is about Sri Lanka, my home country. So in today's episode, this is the first part of two where I will talk about Sri Lanka with two articles which were sourced from GI website. And what you heard was the introduction in the first article that I used. In these episodes, I am talking about Sri Lanka taking two articles into consideration. They are Sri Lanka, the gem island and romance in the source Sri Lanka. The first article concerned here is article named Sri Lanka, the gem island by Peter C. Swan, which was published in the year 1982 summer Gems and Gemology magazine. Even though the article is old, it contains some great information. The fact that this article was written decades ago, it will give us a chance to know about gem industry in Sri Lanka those days. It was 1982 when the article was published. So the first part of the article gives a background about the author and the connection of him to the place discussed, Sri Lanka. This is how it goes. Quotation, the gem riches of Sri Lanka have been legendary for centuries. One of the earliest description is that of Nearchus, who in 334 BC mentioned an island not far from Persia where beautiful translucent gems had been found. Without doubt, this island was the present Sri Lanka. Much later, at the beginning of the 16th century, Portuguese sailors discovered the island and returned to Europe with some of these gemstones. Seamen from Holland did the same some hundred years later. Over the centuries, tens, probably hundreds of thousands of carats of fine sapphire, ruby, chrysoberyl, spinel, and other family as well as unusual gemstones have been mined in Sri Lanka. Yet many questions continue to surround the geology of deposits and mining methods remain, for the most part, very primitive. During the course of author's eight trips to Sri Lanka, he has traveled all over the country and inspected the major mining areas. Beginning in 1958 with the historically important Ratnapura area and completing most recently in February and November of 1981, the study of the Nivathisamharam area. The author has drawn from his experience and investigations to provide this overview of the geology of Sri Lanka and its mining and cutting practices as well as a special feature of the various gem materials found there end of quotation that's how the article starts before turning the concern to geology of the country the article shows that sri lanka is almost entirely underlain by precambrian rocks these rocks divide into three groups based on their lithology structure and age they are highland group which is the oldest and where most gem deposits are located number 2 the vijayan complex and number 3 southwest group The article goes on to describe and explain the geological terms and note the minerals found throughout the island. Okay, then the concern shifts to gem deposits in Sri Lanka. Some quotations are from starting as mentioned above, 
gem quality minerals from Sri Lanka occur in alluvial deposits. The main gem bearing area is Ratnapura district in Sabbaragama province, some 97 km southeast of Colombo. The gems are concentrated in more or less horizontal layers at different depths in the alluvium, which consist primarily of sand and gravel. The most notable localities are Ratnapura, the name means City of Gems, Palmadulla, Balangode and Vakwana. Similar deposits are found near Alahara in the central province. Another gem deposit of interest is near Okampiti in the province of Uwa. About three years ago, gem-bearing deposits were discovered in the Tissamaharam area, also called Kataragam area in southern province. End of quotation. Today, I really don't hear much from Tissamaharam area. Alahara and Okampiti are seldomly mentioned in the discussions among gem dealers. Ratnapura area has continued in constant supply though it has decreased. Okay. And the gem deposits are seen along these rivers, uh, the four main rivers of Sri Lanka. Three out of them have a great connection with the gem industry. Mahaveli river, Kalani river and Kalu river are those three rivers. So from time to time new sources may appear near these rivers. Because waterways are what carries gemstones away from the primary deposits. Then the article goes on to give you knowledge about gem mining and how it is done. Start of quotation. Gem mining in Sri Lanka is primitive. Usually pits are dug to the depth of the gem bearing gravel layer. Depending on the level of the groundwater and on whether the area is wet or dry, some methods of drainage is used. The pits are strengthened with wooden bulwarks to avoid caving. It is not unusual for some of the deeper pits to extend a short tunnel from the bottom although such a tunnel is dangerous, especially in the wet areas like Ratnapura district. In this area, pits vary in depth from 5 to 15 meters. In Alhara area, the depth of gem-bearing gravel ranges from about 3 to 9 meters. Mining is less complicated than in Ratnapura district because this part of Sri Lanka is very dry. End of quotation. Sometime in Ratnapura area, the mines will go down further as 25 meters deep. Even though the traditional way is the more dominant in gem mining, the machinery usage is common these days. And then the articles take you for a small walk through how gem bearing gravel is brought up and washed for examination. Start of quotation. In all of the gem deposits, the gem bearing gravel, it is locally called illa, is placed in baskets that are usually hoisted up from the pit by means of rope. Large quantities of this illam are heaped near the pit. To wash the gravel, the worker stands waist deep in muddy water, shaking and rotating a cone shaped basket. Recovery rates are thought to be quite high with this method. In a short time, most of the mud is washed away, and the larger pebbles, most often opaque or translucent, are picked out and thrown away. After further swirling, the washed gravel, which is locally called dullam, is examined for a gem quality material by the supervisor. In most cases, this is the owner of the mine. End of quotation. The mining process discussed here is okay until I hear the word Dulla. Maybe it's a different dialect of the local language Sinhala, but in Ratnapura they use Nambu instead at the place of Dulla. Then the section called Laboratory Treatment in the article, which shows how gems are being cut and polished in the island. Start of quotation. Cutting is done by means of wooden apparatus that has a horizontal axis and a vertical wheel at one end. The axle can be rotated with a cord that is moved to and fro with one hand while the stone is pressed against the wheel with the other. Commonly stones faceted in Sri Lanka are very irregular. With the emphasis on cutting for size rather than symmetry, much of the material is spoiled. 
For this reason, many stones cut in Sri Lanka are not suitable for sale in other countries without recutting. Some years ago, machine cutting was introduced mainly through the influence of the state, gem corporation, and is now becoming very popular. It's a significant move in the right direction. End of quotation. And fast forward to the current time, we see that the SGC was successful. The functions of SGC or State Gem Corporation, however, have been received by National Gem and Jewelry Authority. New capacitive machines are also being built in Sri Lanka as well. And then a very important part of the article, it is the important gemstones. I will quote some parts of this article. Without doubt, Lucifer is the most important gemstone found in Sri Lanka. The red coronda or Ceylon ruby is fairly common in most of the gem-bearing areas, but its color is never as saturated as of this Burmese ruby. In fact, ruby from Sri Lanka tends to be pink rather than red. Sri Lanka is one of the few sources for yellow sapphire. They occur primarily in Balangote. These stones typically range in hue from very pale to dark yellow. Some orange stones are occasionally seen as well. Deep orange corundum with the color of the sunrise is rare and therefore highly priced. The name Padmaraja has been applied for these rare stones. Star Corundum is common in Sri Lanka. Such stones occur in different colors, but bluish gray, pale violet, and milky white are most common. Another important Sri Lankan gem is Chrysoberry, especially the rare varieties Alexandrite and Catsite. Among the garnets, two varieties are common a member of Pyropalmandite series and orange brown grossula known by its variety name Hesanite. Spinners occur in different colors. End of quotation. Tourmalines and circons are also mentioned in the article. When it's quartz, it includes of crystal, amethyst, rose, and smoky quartz. Moonstone and topaz are also mentioned. Then the article gives us some names of the unusual gems found in Sri Lanka. Mind that this article was done in 1982. Start of quotation. Andalusite is occasionally found in Ratnapura district and may be discovered in parcels of cut tourmalines because its hardness is very similar to that of tourmaline and circuit. Apatite is one of principal minerals in carbonatite from Epavala. In 1961, a new metamict mineral from Sri Lanka was mentioned in the literature for the first time. It was named Econite in honor of Mr. F. L. D. Econite, a gemologist in Sri Lanka at that time. Econite turned out to be extremely rare. Although Spin or Titanite was mentioned many years ago as a possible gemstone from Sri Lanka, only very recently was gem called Spin reported from the Samhara area. Iolite is not an important jewelry gemstone since its properties are very low, but it is an attractive stone for collectors. Some years ago, Conropine were regularly discovered in tourmaline parcels. Most often the stone is green but frequently some brown stones can be seen together with the green. About 5 years ago, cat's eye conropin came on the market in Sri Lanka. Silimonite or fibrolite with a light blue color occasionally occurs in the Deniai district. A rare gem mineral that occurs at different places in Ratnapura district is Singhalite, a magnesium aluminium bore. End of quotations. With great information about gems of Sri Lanka, the article goes on to talk about characteristic inclusions of Sri Lankan gemstones. But I am not going to dictate them but let you know the links to the articles so you can see it for yourself. And it's rather good for you to see the inclusion pictures yourself than describing them by birth. But keep in mind that this article was done in 1980s. 
Then the article goes on to show you data about the production of gemstones in Sri Lanka. The main points that I feel necessary to point out are the following. Start of quotation. As recently as the beginning of this century, little information was available on the amount and value of gem materials produced in Sri Lanka. The mining was thought to be limited to the Ratnapura district and the area near Goa. Not until 1923 was the discovery of good quality materials in Kalmadulla reported. But precise figures were impossible to obtain. Even today, reliable figures are not available. With the establishment of the State Gem Corporation SGC, in the early 1970s, both to improve the country's gem industry and to help curb the large-scale smuggling of gemstones, the export figures improved in the quotation. And then is the article summary. So the article comes to an end. Before concluding the podcast episode, I need to say that even though the article was old, I found out that some facts are the same as they If any differences were seen, according to my knowledge, I pointed them out after quoting out from the article. But I forgot to mention the differences regarding gemstones. The Ceylon ruby bird is not a common thing right now. Low saturated red stones are called pink sapphires and if this saturation is better, hot pink trade name is used. And about the unusual gems. The list is long in the article. Even so, today's gem industry don't look at some gemstones listed in the article as unusual. Andalusite, chondropene, spheen are common these days, thanks for new sources and more supply. Overall, the article, even though old, contains the value up to date. So, if you want to read it, the links will be in the description. For reference purposes, I will walk you through the other article which was published in 2015, relatively recent. So I hope that you will tune into the next episode as well. Thank you very much for listening Gem World with Arjuna, the podcast episode about Sri Lanka, the first one. So I'm Arjuna Jayavir, graduate gemologist. See you in the next episode. Have a great day.